Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The December 17th edition of Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I am your host, Drew Watson, and boy, this week won't be called the prep for Christmas. It may be called the bloody NASDAQ week as the NASDAQ's off about 65 to 7% this week as of yesterday's close. Uh, not quite yet into correction territory, but with the Fed meeting on Wednesday and the uh, press conference afterwards where they're going to, I think, quote-unquote aggressively look to uh, arrest this growing inflation threat, uh, stock markets uh, have been on edge. Now, if you're a longtime listener to the show, you know our commodity du jour, though, this year is lumber. And lumber has over tripled off its bottom from uh, mid year, back over $1,000 to close on Thursday at $1,115 per, per board feet. As our friends at uh, BCA uh, put out in a report Thursday morning, some of this uh, increase uh, has been obviously more demand coming from U.S. housing sector, but also coupled with that is the um, additional import duties on Canadian lumber, along with some fat flash flooding in British Columbia that is having some problems, uh, putting some crimp in the supply of things for the lumber markets in North America. And taking a glance around other markets and what's going on is keep in mind um, the S&P 500 has returned at least 20% in 11 of the last 30 years. That's from 91 to 20. And that is one of the hottest streaks on record. And then a year ago, uh, on uh, December 21st, 2020, Barron's published the year-end 2021 forecast for the S&P 500 made by 10 Wall Street strategists. The 10 predictions range from a low of 3,800 to a high of 4,400. The index... On 1231.20, close was 37.56. And as of yesterday's close on the S&P, we were right at 46.76. So that's another 276 points above the high end of that estimate of $4,400. And it looks like support for the S&P is $4,500, which we have bounced off once again this month. Also, something to consider is the all-time closing high for the S&P 500 is 47.12, and that was set last Friday, listeners. And the S&P 500 has set its closing high for the calendar year during December in 13 of the last 19 years. That's from 2003 till now, and in, that's including December highs reached in 2019, 20, and now. And that is according to BTN Research. Another stat before we get into uh, looking at our show this week, is that to rank in the top 1% of U.S. taxpayers for 2019 tax year, it required an adjusted gross income of at least $546,434. That highly paid group received 20.14% of all AGI that was reported nationwide, but they paid 38.77% 
of the federal income tax that was collected. And the source there is our good old friends at the Internal Revenue Service. So although they just received one-fifth of the income, they paid almost two-fifths of the taxes. You decide whether or not that is fair or not, and that's the type of world we live in. The top 3%, well, let, let's take this, the to rank in the top 5% of taxpayers for 2019 required adjusted gross income of at least 221000 and change, and that group received 35.9% of all AGI but paid just under 60% of all taxes. The top 3% of U.S. taxpayers in that year averaged a $291,000 of adjusted gross income but paid 52% of all federal taxes and the 97% of taxpayers who reported less than $291,000 in 2019 paid the remaining 47% of taxes. So people that make a lot, they are definitely paying their fair share. Are there people slipping through with all kinds of tax loopholes? I'm sure that there are, but it's clear on average the top 3% is carrying the boat uh, for the rest of the country and even the top 5%. You're listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Line Wealth Management, and we'll be back after a word from our What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And in our investment spotlight segment today, we're going to take a look at what we would consider to be uh, our friends at Grant's Interest Trade Observer call the famine to feast result of where we are in the global economy and uh, the zero interest rate uh, period of time we find ourselves in. And this is a great piece that they've put out and um, very good work that they always do at Grant's. And as they say, high prices themselves are the cure for high prices, as every initiate knows in the financial markets. And now I will kind of go over a report that shows what the forces of supply um, and the uh, subsidized power of demand do when you uh, look at prices. And I would say just uh, if, if you're listening at home in preview, there soon may be too much of what there is currently too little. And agriculture and electronics both are poster children for Grant's proposed future supply wave. As far as we know, neither the Federal Reserve nor the U.S. Treasury is responsible for the El Nino Southern Oscillation, which is a recurring climate pattern in which masses of warm and cold water interact along the equator to heat and cool the Pacific Ocean. Results of this have been floods in eastern Australia and western Canada, as well as droughts in Latin America. 
and you can trace all this back to the mingling of the equatorial waters. By the same token, you can't hold La Nina responsible for the 0% funding cost, quantitative easing, and especially the hundreds of billions of dollars in stimulus checks that have underwritten demand at the grocery store. As Arlen Sunderman, chief commodities economist at StoneX Group, says, quote, if I were to give you $10 million, it would change your spending habits. He goes on to say, there is no way about it. If you're a normal human, it will change your spending habits. And we've pumped hundreds of billions of dollars into consumer hands, and we've done that around the world. We've hyper-elevated consumption, and that feeds inflation. You can argue, you can argue that should or should not have been done, but that's not what he is saying. This is the end result, quote-unquote. He goes on to say, quote, when you do that, one of the things you see is dietary changes towards more meat because when people have more income, they tend to want more meat in their diet rather than just starches. Growing meat requires more grain and oil seeds, and it perpetuates itself. It contributes to high energy prices that go into high fertilizer prices. When you are moving everyone towards green energy policies, that increases the dependency on natural gas, which is going to increase fertilizer prices, which is going to require higher grain prices, which will lead to higher meat prices, etc., unquote. And I think if you're listening at home and you're a farmer, you kind of know where this is going. The price of just about anything that a farmer rents or buys is also in orbit. Kent Thies, a farm management analyst at MinStar Bank N.A., affirms, and in a November 29th bulletin he put out the clients, measured year over year, the cost of phosphates is up 87 percent, potash 129 percent, and nitrogen between 114 to 161 percent wherever you live. Wage growth, too, is accelerating. The strikers from John Deere secured a 10% pay raise and an $8,500 ratification bonus, among other perks following last month's strike, right alongside the lurch upwards in herbicide, pesticide, and seed cost. Nor are land prices unmoved, observes Brandon Zick, chief investment officer of Ceres Partners. It's a hedge fund that owns more than 140,000 acres of farmland across 11 states. Nationwide over the past 12 months, Zick reckons prices are higher by as much as 25 to 30 percent, which you can also think elevated crop prices for percolating general inflation and cheap money. According to him, quote, farmers will be very quick to tell you that nitrogen prices are up by more than 100 percent. Chemical prices are up. Fuel is up. Labor is up. He also goes on to say, quote, we understand that usually their response is that for all those reasons, your rent can't increase, but the land is the means of production. You don't need the seed, chemicals, fertilizers if you don't have the dirt. Our rent is not going to double, but it does need to go up, unquote. And Ceres is targeting a 15 to 20 percent increase on leases coming up for renewal next year. Farmers in the upper Midwest paid a cash rental rate of about $225 per acre this year, according to Thies, an 11% increase would turn that 225 into roughly 250 an acre, though some regional rents are already topping $300 an acre. Taking current agricultural input cost and using a $250 rental rate would boost the cash break-even rate for corn producers to 5 to 550 per bushel from the 375 to $4 in 2021 and raise break-evens for soybeans to the 1150 to 1250 per bushel from $9 to 950 this year. A $300 rental cost would lift break-evens to 535 to 585 for corn and 1250 to 1350 for beans. And last week corn was priced at 586 and soybeans 1252. 
Feast goes on. Well, Sunderman goes on to say that his projection right now is that based on current price relationships, we probably trimmed next year's corn area planted by about 2%. That would drop acreage to around 991 million. That is the kind of minimum level we can be at based on demand for the following year. Anything below that starts to shrink supplies because production would fall below what anticipated demand is, unquote. Consumers had better hope for good growing conditions next year. Outside of China, whose statistics may be questioned in the United States, global stocks of corn amount to 36 days, the lowest in two decades. As corn requires more nitrogen than crops like wheat and soybeans, and as the prices of natural gas, which is the key input for making nitrogen-based fertilizers, is surging in many parts of the world, corn prices could shoot higher. Of course, one man's inflation is another man's incentive, and both elevated grain prices and sinking exchange rates are signals for farmers in emerging markets, especially Brazil and the Black Sea region, to plant fence post to fence post. Assuming normal weather patterns, Sunderman continues overproduction looms sometime around 2023 or 2024 with the standard concomitant of much lower prices of row crops. And something similar is playing out in consumer electronics. Recall that in fiscal year ended September 2019, Apple revenues declined by 2%. Management expected only a moderate recovery. The midpoint for guidance issued on October 30, 2019, anticipated a 3.8% year-over-year uptick for the quarter ended the end of December 2019. The Wall Street consensus penciled in revenue growth of 4.5% for fiscal 2020 and 7.4% 2021. However, as financial stimulated, financially stimulated office workers went home and stayed home, the demand for cell phones, laptops, and computers surged. Apple's top line rose by 5.5% for fiscal 2020 and by a whopping 33% in fiscal 2021. COVID-19-related manufacturing disruptions notwithstanding, Mr. Market couldn't help but notice, and Apple's market cap has leapt to $2.8 trillion, making Steve Jobs' brainchild the most highly valued company on the planet – from just under $1 trillion at the end of fiscal 2019. Then came the Bloomberg bombshell of last Thursday. Apple is suffering from a global supply crunch, is now confronting a different problem, slowing demand. The Newswire reported that Apple is warning its vendors about flagging sales of the new iPhone 13, not at all what the electronic supply chain had been preparing for. This week, Apple's price is right around 173 a share, which is close to its all-time high. Jim Grant wonders, too, if NVIDIA Corp., the world's the world-beating graphics card maker, may be overextended with management having splashed out to secure the parts it needs to feed the world's ostensibly insatiable demand for things of which it already has so many. As of October 31st, the company's future unconditional purchase commitments of inventory summed to $6.9 billion, up from $2.6 billion the same time last year. NVIDIA's purchase commitments have assumed the continuation of the extraordinarily strong growth they've experienced recently, notes the great Fred Hickey, proprietor of high-tech strategist. He goes on to say, quote, but we'll see what happens when the Fed tightening takes hold and the bubbles burst and recessions ensue, unquote. NVIDIA has been down the cyclical road before, Hickey points out, but never before at the share price valued at 35 times sales. Keep listening. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. And you're listening to Financial Friday. When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. 
Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Offices located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is our financial planning segment of the show where we will go in to cover year-end tax strategies so you know where you stand at the end of 2021. A couple things to consider. Uh, as we uh, do this show, we still are kind of in a um, holding pattern on what may change with regards to taxes in the United States uh, based on what is going on or not going on in Washington, D.C. But a couple things to consider as you go in to year end are, are, are the questions we typically get. One, let's start with, you know, it is the holidays. Let's start with gifting. And what are the gift tax exclusions and credits, et cetera? So every year currently, each individual person has the ability to give to any other person a gift of $15,000. That is what's called excluded from their estate or, or, or gift tax uh, preparation. So that means if you, if you're married, you and your spouse, want to give a child the maximum gift, you can each give them $15,000 for a total of $30,000. This amount has been on the books for several years, and there hasn't been much discussion whether or not that amount would be increased, decreased, or stay the same within the taxing rules. But as we get to year end, that question does oftentimes come up. Also, the question is, is just how much of an estate tax exclusion does one person get, and, and what are you hearing with regards to what that may change to? Currently, each person in the U.S. has the ability to leave an estate of $11,700,000 per person um, without federal estate tax being applied. Now, what that means is for a married couple, they have essentially, uh, call it $23,400,000 worth of an estate if they do the correct legal paperwork and have the correct wills and trusts, et cetera, behind with no estate tax. Um, now, keep in mind, estate taxes are punitive, and what you're looking at is maximum rates at 40% plus, but with a combined $23,400,000 exclusion, that uh, may not uh, come into play for most people. A couple things about estate taxes. Number one, uh, usually on these, almost all of estate tax returns are audited, meaning that a separate set of eyes reviews them, not just a computer, and you're getting a human uh, human being going over these returns and pouring over them because the stakes are so high. But the talk out of Washington is that this limit may go as low as $2 million per person uh, or may settle in at half what it is, which would be, you know, generally speaking, just under $6 million per person. But whatever that is, if your net worth is in those realms, along with knowing what the law is, you have to have the correct legal documents to support the way your estate will go through the tax process in order to take advantage of those maximum 
allocations. So keep in mind if, uh, you know, for example, and always consult with your legal and tax professionals, but if you just have the, you know, have a $25 million estate and you own half and your spouse owns half and you have the I love you will and says, honey, everything I have, I give to you at my death without the right wording and paperwork, instead of you using that $11.7 million uh, exemption, you're just loading up your spouse's estate to be double the size that it was. So don't don't hesitate to reach out, uh, talk to a very good, skilled estate tax, uh, estate planning attorney, and they could be worth their weight in gold to help you avoid taxes because at taxes that are 40% plus, um, it doesn't take long for, um, you know, anything you can shelter from that tax rate that you will definitely more than pay for the lawyer's time uh, in, in value. Keep in mind that on an ongoing basis with an estate or, or a trust, the tax schedules are relatively uh, punitive compared to normal tax rates. Keep in mind that the top tax rates of 37% start at just $13,050 worth of income, whereas the 37% rate for a married filing joint couple does not start to come into play until $628,300. So when you are looking at all things estate-related, uh, gift-related, be sure to work with a, a qualified estate planning attorney, certified financial planner, CPA, to make sure that all your ducks are set up in the right rows because these are the rules, but as I said before, unless you have the correct supporting documents to go with them, what you're looking for and what may transpire at your demise may be two different things. So look for the best, get the best advice, because the stakes are high when you deal with this, given how high those rates are. You're listening to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and we will be back after a word from our sponsors. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the famous email bag segment of our show where we answer your questions and give you clarity on financial items. And a big, uh, big question out there that we've had over the course of the year that's come in several times this week has to do with um, cannabis stocks. Another way to say this, it's... Uh, Marijuana, uh, you can also think, um, you know, different types of businesses uh, that have to do with that, edibles, et cetera. And, and a lot of questions come in about investing in those types of companies. Uh, and 
in this Q&A, what I'd like to do is just kind of go through the pros and cons and some other things to consider. Uh, if you have questions, feel free to email them directly to me, and I'll get them on the show. My email address is William.A.Watson at ampf.com. As you kind of go through and look at uh, what's going on in the uh, cannabis space, uh, what you see is with more states legalizing, uh, cannabis sellers are trying to look at a couple different business models. You'll still have the kind of what I would say non-affiliated one-off stores in some states where you have other companies such as Planet 13. And keep in mind, this is not a... Uh, solicitation or recommendation to buy any of these, obviously, but just an example of who's who's in the business uh, that are operating what they'll call superstores. And, you know, what they're looking for is a little bit different business model because when you think superstore, you know, in, in my mind, what comes to, to mind is like a Walmart or Sam's or Costco. But in the marijuana game, since you are basically subsequent to each domiciled state law, uh, there's no one-size-fits-all plan nationally, uh, and in many cases, it may even be county by county, depending on how the state law is written. Um, you know, in looking at uh, some of the uh, different size stores, uh, you know, you're talking pretty, pretty big, pretty big uh, businesses. Uh, you know, I think Planet 13 was talking about uh, some. Uh, a consumption lounge. It was 8,500 square feet uh, in Las Vegas. Other areas they're looking for, uh, obviously in California and the state of Florida, as well as what they've done in the city of Chicago with Illinois being a, a state that has recently legalized. One thing to consider, and this is as an investor, it's very important to kind of know, um, know the details, is Right now, it is not legal for uh, companies that make their money selling a, an illicit product under the federal definition of what's legally legal to get that money into the banking system. There has been multiple attempts to try to get this done so, so that these uh, marijuana sellers can obviously get into the system. But as of now and as the date of this show uh, – there is still a steep climb uh, to get cannabis legislation of any kind legalized on a federal vote. And you can probably Google this on your own. I think the latest attempt was called the SAFE Banking Act, uh, S-A-F-E. But keep in mind the numbers uh, of what we're seeing as far as growth are, are pretty staggering. Companies that have been, a while, been around a while, like Canopy Growth, I mean, they're up a modest uh, 17%. But some of these other new entrants to the game, uh, I think Cureleaf is a company with the most sales, uh, toking in, uh, pun intended, uh, close to $900 million in 2021. Their next closest uh, competitor is, uh, I think, Trueleaf, uh, which is about $825 billion or million. And you go all the way down to smaller times, uh, uh, all kinds of organizations. Now, the marijuana business is not unlike the automobile business early on uh, in the 20th century from the standpoint that what we see um, is a large number of producers, I think publicly traded, you're looking at now more than uh, 14, that will 
through the course of just normal business, coalesce, so to speak, to probably a top first half dozen, then maybe to a top three, uh, as we did and as we saw in the automobile business. Uh, you know, at one time, I think, when the automobile was first coming out, the state of Indiana had something like uh, 19 automobile manufacturers just uh, just in the state of Indiana. And so, you know, right now what we can see is out of the top sellers, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, you may have almost 20, um, and most of them publicly traded. So what we're going to see is just the normal cannibalization uh, and, you know, companies merging, other companies going out of business, uh, and kind of larger conglomerates, uh, you know, you know, kind of coming together in order to make this more of what I would call a real business as opposed to just kind of a one-off or novelty type thing. But keep in mind, the money is real being spent on marijuana. Uh, and, and those figures I gave you, that's just nine months of revenue. So you're looking at two that should go over a billion dollars in sales this year. Uh, and the third closest, Green Thumb, potentially hitting that mark, just depending on if there's a big run-up around the holidays. So this is big business, but keep in mind, they still have in their own estimation, an incredible mountain to climb to get uh, full federal legalization. And, you know, one thing to consider, especially when you go out west and more of the land is owned by the federal government, that even though your state may say it's okay to toke on some marijuana, Uncle Sam is Uncle Slam when it comes to marijuana, and being um, caught on federal lands with that is a federal offense even though you may be in a state that has it legalized. So, so this is big business, no doubt about it, but uh, it's very, very speculative. Uh, always consult with a professional. And, and as I said at the open on this, this is definitely not a any indication to solicit any of these types of companies as there still looks like there could be a lot of consolidation uh, and people falling by the wayside in this business. But the trend is more states uh, may, uh, may okay it and – you know, I think right now there's about 23 states that do. So, um, you know, big business, something to keep an eye on. And just uh, just remember this. Keep listening to Financial Fridays. We'll be back next week. Same time, same station. Have a great holiday season. This is WOMI Owensboro. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.